You do it live. 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 Please, won't you be my neighbor, neighbor and friend? Hello, everybody. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody Live. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This is a talk show. It's being recorded for a podcast. What a podcast is, let me explain what a podcast is. A podcast is what very lonely people listen to in their very lonely cubicles. And whilst they listen to the podcast, they examine their life. They look at themselves. We are the opposite of e-television 23.5 hours of the day because, let's admit it, The Soup is a very, very good show. Joe McHale one day will be on this show, but that's not what's going on tonight. Tonight, we're doing a talk show, and it's the season. It's the season of the holidays. It's the Christmas season. I love Christmas. I was raised with no religion, none whatsoever. I enjoy Christmas. I enjoy the gifts. Um, We all grew up. Wanting one specific gift. There's that one Christmas where you know exactly what you want. I only had that once in my life, and I wanted a tournament table. Does anyone know what a tournament table is? Well, I will explain what a tournament table is. A tournament table was a Fisher-Price table of fun. It included three games. You got billiards, you got table tennis, and you had air hockey. Those three things are amazing. I love all those things. Those are the three best bar games you can ever play. But I was an only child... And uh, I lived in a house with my grandparents, my mother, and my schizophrenic uncle. And the reason why that's important, well, we'll come to that later. I wanted this tournament table so badly. I used to hang out in my grandparents' room. They had a very, very large bed. I would like to jump on said bed. My mother hid my Christmas presents in that room. I didn't know that at the time. On the left side of the bed, I saw a giant box, which I knew could only be one thing. I was smart enough not to look at the box because she would be very upset. This was about two weeks before Christmas. About two days later, my mother figured out I knew I was getting a tournament table for Christmas. For the next 12 days, she would cry nightly about how Christmas was already ruined. I don't believe in any of that, yet Christmas was ruined. Doesn't matter. Christmas Day comes... I'm excited. I'm like about 10 years old. I have a fucking Santa hat on. It's absurd. We can't open my Christmas gifts yet because my schizophrenic uncle is being schizophrenic. You know, schizophrenics like to yell. I like to yell. That's why I'm doing this podcast. He's screaming. I just want to open that goddamn tournament table. I fucking open the tournament table, and it's glorious. It is the greatest table in existence. It has everything you could ever want. If you can only have a friend to play with, well, I can't have friends over. Regardless, I play with a tournament table. I play billiards a, a, a bit. And then I realized billiards isn't fun when you're alone. And the billiards table is a miniature table and pulls a game of angles. Well, once you change the angles, you really can't learn anything. I learned nothing from that. That's a wash. Second is air hockey. It's called air hockey because there's air underneath the little cylinder, the puck. There's no air. You don't plug the tournament table in. And the puck is very, very heavy. So all you can really do alone with a tournament table in air hockey is hit the puck as hard as you possibly can, hoping it comes back to you and repeat the, the, the process over and over. And that's just sad. But there's table tennis. Table tennis is great because you can flip up one of the sides of the table. So for about three to six hours, every day that it was cold in Chicago, probably half the year, I would just hit the goddamn ping pong back and forth to me i always lost because walls and tables always win during the summer all i did was throw a ball at a wall ladies and gentlemen i had a very lonely childhood and that's why we're doing this podcast i hope all of you get your very own tournament tables um i don't think they make them anymore it was an awful idea um and uh, i should have gotten into video games and became a graphic designer but no I chose this awful, awful path. So thanks for coming, everybody. We have a fantastic lineup. We have Svetlana Legetic. I know I'm mispronouncing that, and I apologize. She is the creator. She is the person behind Brightest Young Things, possibly the greatest website Washington, D.C. has ever produced. And I had Dan from Prince of Petworth on last week, and I will go toe-to-toe with him that your website is much, much better. We have stand-up comedy from Emily Raskowski. We are going to fight that goddamn 
game going on right now, the Chargers and 49ers. Everyone knows the Chargers are going to win. The game doesn't mean a goddamn thing, ladies and gentlemen. We all know that. I know fantasy is very important, but that's why we have smartphones. And closing out the evening, we have wonderful music from Aaron Thompson. Throughout the night, Ian Walters will be playing piano. Ian, will you play some piano at this moment, sir? There it is. Ian, that was very, very beautiful. I would love for you to grab that microphone. Ian Walters, everybody. Ian Walters, you can find here every single Wednesday night. And where else? We're going to plug your shit. Uh, Wonderland every Sunday. You can come How do you see like the, the Wonderland? Showcast. I like the Wonderland. Kicks ass, man. It kicks ass, man. What did you want as a child growing up for the holidays? I, was, I liked He-Man. He-Man. And, and I had a He-Man Joe. birthday party. Um, so one year I got, like, the big... Castle for He-Man. Oh fuck, Cat Grayskull. Grayskull, Castle Grayskull. Right. Yes, and that was fucking awesome. Did, did, are you an only child? Yes. Did you play with Castle Grayskull alone until I was sixteen? There's nothing more poetic and sad than a man playing with Castle Grayskull. It is the holiday season. Um, I do have a day job, and uh, I want to gift you a gift that I want. This echo is amazing. I kind of love it. Um, so, Ian, yeah. I got you a gift. Oh Jesus! You're gonna hate it. I got you uh, a Sarah Payton Home LED candle water fountain. <laughs> so That's so sweet. There you go, Ian. That's for you. I got you that. I know you have a, a wonderful girlfriend. Oh, it's really zen. It's kind of zenish. Yeah, yeah. If that stuff only existed. Um, Thanks, man. Uh, I, I want you to think of that whenever you put on some soft rock and try to woo your lady. Oh yeah. Because uh, most piano players woo their ladies. Before with we soft started rock. Uh, doing this, Thursday night was John Tesh night, so oh, I would yeah, do. Tesh. I would play John Tesh tunes for her. I kind of want to party with John Tesh. He seems like a fun dude. He's like six eight. He wrote the NBA on NBC theme. One, do you know how to play that scene theme? What? No, I just do the John Williams NBC tunes, like Meet the Press. and You scored the lighter Star Trek or Star Wars films. That's right. All right, Ian. Uh, Ian, uh, every once in a while, I like to ask Ian a question from the kids' book of questions. So, oh, Ian, yeah, buddy. I need you to pick a number between one and two hundred and sixty. Um, one oh one. One oh one. Why one oh one? I don't know. I didn't like one hundred. It's like one hundred. Do you have Dalmatians? No. <laughs> All right, that was a shitty joke, and I don't apologize. That no- wasn't the question. Nope, that wasn't the question. Oh, Num- one oh one. By the way, this is an awful book. Are you more likely to hold back your tears when you feel like crying or to hold back your laughter when you see something funny? Why? Oh, wow. I don't, I don't hold back either most of the time, but if I had to pick one, I would hold back tears. Why would you hold back tears? Um, because people look at you funny when you cry at the wrong moment. You have to cry at the right moment. And then people think you're sensitive. But do you ever cry? Do you ever hold back your tears so much you erupt in laughter? No. Nope, that doesn't exist for you. No. All right, Ian, thank you so much. Uh, coming to the stage is one of the most important people in D.C. if you care about anything cultural. Ian, you ready? Coming to the stage, let me pronounce her name correctly or do my valiant effort to pronounce her name correctly. Coming to the stage, Svetlana Legatic. <laughs> Svetlana, why did you agree to do this? Um, you know, good question that I asked myself this morning yes. as it was snowing. And it's I didn't an awful day outside. <laughs> and I didn't want to leave my house. Um, I guess you seem sort of pro. Okay. Do you in still the feel email, that way? In the email you sent. Um, and it seems some other vaguely pro-like people agreed to do this. So I was like, I'm on board on this semi-pro train. Semi-pro. Did you yeah. see the movie Semi-Pro starring Yes, Wolf? I have. What do you think of that movie? Um, I actually think it's underrated. Did you like the gun scene? 
Do you remember the gun scene in Semi Pro? They're playing poker and somebody fires a gun yes. and they laugh and laugh. Yes. yes. I like that scene. I really like that scene. I also really I like a lot of things about that movie. Do you like the I fa- feel like it's one of my favorite pseudo sports movies starring Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell's done about five pseudo sports movies. And this is my favorite one. More than kicking and screaming. By far. Really? Yeah. Do you hate Mike Ditka? I don't Do you know who, know who Mike Ditka is? I feel like I should. Svetlana, you're probably the first guest on my show, considering I came from Chicago, that don't know who Mike Ditka is. Is he like a sports person? He is a sports person. I don't know anything about American sports. Do you I, hate I only care about Serbian national sports. Um, you're from Yugoslavia? Yes. Do you hate America? No. You no. don't hate America? No. Are you sure? I kind of hate America. I, I hated America for about a month while America was bombing my hometown. But aside from that... I've, aside I've from <laughs> that? You can overlook that? Um, Svetlana, are you single? Because <laughs> if you're willing to overlook that, I feel like a man or a woman could I, get away with murder with you. I, I am, in general, you know, very... Um, I'm, I'm good at forgiving but not forgetting... You know, so it's always As, in the back of your mind. Yeah, but I mean, I I chose to live here. You know, it's it's obviously been good to me. Um, well, not obviously. You've uh, not obviously. A lot of people. Or are, I have been good to it. You have been good to it. Why yeah. did you come here? Um, well, I came here to study architecture. And you were an architect. Yes, I was. I um, I got my master's degree in architecture from Savannah College of Art and Design. Wait, wait, wait. You have a master's in architecture? <laughs> yes, I do. And you're not using it? Well, I was using it for seven years, and then, you know, my, my um, fantasy league job took off or something. So, we, I mean, I have definitely used it, you know. Yeah. I'm not like 22, <laughs> I, I worked in my life. Do you hate 22-year-olds? <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, it's not like, oh, you know, I'm just some, some kind of kid right out of school. I, I have, you know, I you worked in architecture for seven years. Do you miss it? Um, actually, I designed a building that's being built right now, two block, or helped design it, like, two blocks away from here. Um, are you screwing with me? Why? No. No. That's insane. You um, have talent. Why are you working in the arts? What? Hey, hey, I don't, I mean, I have skills, and then I feel also I have taste. I don't really have any artistic, like, merit, so... You didn't feel artistically satisfied designing stuff? No, 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 I was, I was very, very happy, you know, I liked my job, I worked on some great things, I still miss, you know, certain, certain things about architecture. Yeah. Um, I don't miss being in an office. Yeah. Right? Well, you're not... And I don't miss, like, you know, working on something for, like, three years, and then it's still being built. You know, there's, like, kind of, like, this very long process. You know, like, architecture is this, like, fantasy profession. You know, like how George Costanza in Seinfeld, like, that's, like, the dream job. Like, whenever you're watching a movie and it's someone very glamorous, they're an architect, you know? I've but never like, associated architecture with glamour until right now. Thank you. This is, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> um, but, you know, in the end, you're basically sitting somewhere and you're working on window details and someone is just, like, being like, no, no, <laughs> no. And you're well, like, I had a dream. Once well, now you're the one saying no, no, no. No, I, I, we actually only say yes. You only say... On BYT. Once yeah. again, are you single? This is insane. Um, you are the creator of Brightest Young Things. Yes, yes. Uh, Brightest Young Things is a cultural website. <sighs> yes. You, you yes. sighed so much when I said a cultural website. No, no, it's great. I, I, what should I, I say? I was expecting you to say nightlife, and I am very grateful you said cultural. Well, you don't cover just nightlife. You, you do cover, cover everything. It's basically, the, the tagline is, a daily online magazine dedicated to all things good in all D.C. All things good in D.C. We choose to focus on the positive and not spend, waste any energy on the negative. How do you stay positive after doing this for so long? Are you jaded? Um, I mean, 
I live in a country that bombed me. No kidding. Yes, so, you do. Um, 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 no, no. You know, you just decide that you think you don't like this and you're not going to write about it. Okay. I mean, it's very simple, right? It's a pretty simple concept. Not really. No, it's it's the simplest Be- concept out there. My girlfriend there. right now is on the hill writing about something that she doesn't care about because she gets paid to do it. I think that's about ninety five percent of journalists. Right, out but there. then I I you know didn't get paid to do it for like three and a half years. Three and a half. When did the, did well, <clears throat> let's talk about the origin of British Young Things. It started as your MySpace blog. Yep. Why did you do this? What made you decide? Hey, MySpace. Well, I didn't. Um, I mean, frankly, I knew nothing about the internet, and I didn't own a computer. And yeah, you were 25 when you owned your first computer. Is that correct? 26. 26. I apologize. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was there. Like it was easy to do it on the internet, on like MySpace. You know, the blog was right there. You didn't have to like figure out how to run it on something else or whatever and you just use photo bucket to host your photos and you put them up there and they miraculously appeared <laughs> there was like no html or weird you know wordpress adjusting that you had to do or whatever yeah whatever these things are that i do now um so i did it you know but basically. you kept doing it yeah well what happened is that isn't it hard to do this during a football game? Uh, it's it's not hard for me. You know, I'm I'm pretty used to. You're used to doing interviews during no, Thursday I'm, I'm, night football. I'm used to like I guess people not paying attention Aww. and me not caring. But um, I like to live in denial. Yeah. I haven't looked totally. that way in about ten minutes. I got my eyes oh, locked on you, Svetlana. It's okay. Um, I have you know men in my family. Um, so. Yeah, we kept doing it. A lot of people read it, and then my friend Jason, who is still my partner, you know, and he's uh, one of the other two people that are full-time at BYT right now, Um, he came and he was like, Solana, this is kind of ridiculous. People are going to your personal MySpace page. We need to take this public. So, What year was this? So this was in 2006, uh, and we made this extra, extra, extra shitty blog spot you could actually go to it still yeah. because we failed to take it down. Let's plug that. Uh, you can go to brightshankthings.blogspot.com yeah, and yeah. see the LOL Cats yeah. style nightlife reportaging that we used to do back in the day. That's a phrase I never thought I'd hear uttered into a microphone. <laughs> LOL Cats deportage on Blogspot. Yep. But um, now but then, you are the furthest thing from a Blogspot site. So I would like to say, you know, then we, you know, our friend Kale came on and we started doing all this magical content and we got some, uh, like, an, a really good friend of ours, Joel, who used to take photos for NPR's All Songs Considered, offered to take some photos for us. And then we were like, well, we have all this content. I remember we got, like, a Ravenettes interview, which is kind of like a huge deal to yeah, us. The Ravenettes are a great two-piece band. You know? And, I do know. And we were afraid to send them our URL because we were all collectively embarrassed by what this website looked like. So we were in a bar and we were talking about how we really need a graphic designer. And this kid is sitting at a bar and he's like, I'm a graphic designer. And wait, wait, you met your graphic designer in a bar. True story. And he gives, me, he gives us his card and I go home and I look at this website. It was called Vectiva. His name is Eric Lofton. He Eric still does. Lofton. Yep. Okay. Genius. And I texted Jason and I was like, we're taking this kid to brunch tomorrow. And somehow, like, smearing something <laughs> over his eyes. So he's, like, on board. And he's been obviously responsible for us looking, like, as, like, Snappy yeah, your and site good. Looks yeah, really we're, good. We're, we look really good. You do look really yeah. good. Your I site think, is amazing. Looking. I think even when we first like we're still figuring out, you know, a lot initially it was all music and just photos, and we were still figuring out what to do. We looked really good, and that gained us a lot of access to things. I mean, like we interviewed like Salman Rushdie, you know. How was Salman Rushdie? Did you ask him about Top Chef, hosted by his ex-wife? You know, we asked him this question. 
Are you ready for this question? I am ready. Take a note. Go. For next time you're in the room with Salman Rushdie. <laughs> the question was, how would you like to be remembered by generations of non-reading youths in America? As the person that hates Cat Stevens the most, or as the guy that married the hot woman from Top Chef? And what did he say? What do you think he said? Hot woman. Hot woman. Hot, hot, hot woman. woman. Yeah, he was actually super cool. What I'm hoping is I will die very, very, very soon, and my girlfriend will say, uh, I'm the hot woman in the relationship. I don't think it's going to happen. It's a, it's a good, good goal. I know. So mm-hmm. currently you guys do how many articles a day? So we do 15 articles a day, five days a week. That's a lot. It's a lot of articles. A lot of articles. A lot of And what's the ultimate goal for British Young Things? In an ideal world, Um, what would change? So, you know, I guess initially the ultimate goal was that we could just do this full time, which is something that we do now, which is kind of amazing that there's actually a a small staff uh, that's spread very thin. But... Uh, the idea is that it would end up being kind of like this umbrella operation, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of like. Keep going, keep going. I'm gonna, I, I was going to say something very douchey. No, say it. Say, I want to hear douchey things. Uh, so Jason's super number one idol is Richard Branson. The Virgin Airlines, Richard the, Branson. The Virgin, everything Richard Branson, right? And do you know that Richard... Wait, why is that his idol? Does he just like... Just like this person that's like very good at everything he does, you know, and no matter what you do, like, so you're like flying a virgin plane and it's going to be fine because it's a virgin plane or it's like, you know, the virgin, I don't know. It's, you know, he's not my idol. So maybe Jason should be here. Yeah. Who's your idol? Huh? Who's your idol? Oh, I don't, I don't have one. You don't have an idol. Maybe that's why you're successful. I gotta stop but I was born on the addicts. same date, exactly 30 years after Ariana Huffington. We learned this this year as I turned 30 years old. Are you gonna Are you gonna be a turncoat and uh, just steal journalism from people? I'm gonna no. steal journalism from people. I'm no. retarded. No, no, no. We're very big into like morale and feeling valued. Okay, one last question. Yes. What is your ideal DC weekend? From Friday till Sunday oh at 3 p.m. Friday night, what do you do? This is like, well, not slipping on ice as I did yesterday and being completely like black and blue on my I right apologize. side. On my bike. It's fine. Wait, wait, you um, were on your bike yesterday? No, no. I was in front of the uh, American Ice Company, which is that new bar that's opening. And there was some ice in front of it. <laughs> the irony is and I clear. just, I just took... You took a spill. I, I I took advantage of any you know cartoon spill I could possibly get in my so life. Friday, so Friday, you're not slipping on ice. No, I don't know. You know, I I really um, am very a very simple human being. I contrary to popular belief, so I would imagine um, the weather would be nice. So that would be very important. So I could ride my bike and not deal with any other form of transportation. Uh, I. I would actually start from backwards. So on Sunday, I would go have brunch somewhere. I would spend Sunday afternoon in Capitol Hill. A lot of my really good friends live there, like maybe something like the Tune-In or like the Little Pub or something very kind of like basic. Okay. On Saturday uh, night, I would probably go out to a show and then go out to some dance party after I'm where's drunk. A good, where's a good place to see a show? Your absolute favorite. Just one. Um, so I don't really like crowds. Um, I so this is perfect for you. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I this is you. actually why I said yes. Thank you. Uh huh. You're welcome. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed in in the seven years I've been here. I think Black Hat backstage and DC Nine are my two favorite places. Okay. And then. So you like murderers? Totally. Good. Yeah. That's a DC Nine reference. I am everybody. from Serbia. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Home. Jokes. Yay, jokes are fun. Jokes are so much fun. But um, it involves murder and death, too. Yeah. It's real. Uh, and then on Friday, I would just stay home. <laughs> You're a homebody. Uh, I don't like going out on Fridays. Really? It's like my least favorite thing in the world. That's your least favorite thing in the world? It's just like Fridays, you stay home, you know, you got your like Netflix instant, you got, you know. What's your... on your queue? Oh, so this is, this is, this is pretty, pretty exciting. Let's go. 
Um, so I'm permanently at the max limit of my instant Netflix queue, which There's is a max limit. No one knows this, but I do because I am stopped from adding movies to it. It's 500 movies. Why don't you just watch some and take them off? I do, but then you constantly are adding more. You know, because how many movies do you watch? I watch. I used to work in a video store, so like I watch probably like ten. A week? So you watch 520 movies a year. So, fingers crossed, 2011, this <laughs> oh, clears yeah. up. No, but I just watched... I will, okay, plug. I just watched the best thriller I've seen in like a couple of years. It's called Surveillance. Surveillance. It's, it's from um, David Lynch's daughter who made that horrible boxing Helena movie. Do you remember that movie? I do. Horrible movie. So then she was not allowed to make a movie for like 15 years. And then she... Or, I mean, I'm sure she was, like, shamed somewhere, like, you know, like, hiding, trying to, like, recover from that Sherlin Fenn without limbs disaster. And then, I love your opinions. Yeah. And then, so she made this movie, which I found on instant Netflix because I put all these David Lynch documentaries. Are you aware of these, like, Lynch I, I part know one? about Lynch. Lynch part two? My friend is friends with <laughs> David Lynch. This is why, I know, but I mean, do you know there's these documentaries? Oh, I know. And there's Do you this, watch like, him do the weather? On YouTube. No, I don't watch YouTube. You don't watch... You, you could watch David Lynch do the weather. Yeah, no, I don't watch anything... For the home listener, she made a disgusted face <laughs> and hand movement. I don't watch anything on the computer. You realize you run a website that's very popular. I know, I know, okay. but that's, that's why I have Libby. Libby is exceptionally... She does the Rise and Shine, and she's, like, exceptionally good at YouTube. So, I got that covered. But the point is, <laughs> I watched this movie. It's called Surveillance. To the five people listening to this, the home it listener. Is, it is to the home listener as well. You know about the internet. I I am sort of aware of it. You had a Blogspot account. You should know what we're doing up here. I know. Um, that I forgot to delete <laughs> four years ago. Uh, but seriously, so good. Okay. Okay. Bill right. Pullman, Julia Armand. Nothing Those is what it seems. Do not watch the trailer. I never do. I don't want to know. Well, some people do, so well, this, is, this is for like those, the those people. The dumbs okay. don't listen to podcasts. We're going to end this interview like we end every interview when I remember oh, the book. Presents. A question. Oh, your present's coming after the oh. question from the Kids Book of Questions. Oh, Svetlana, presents. 1 to 260. Pick a number, 1 to 260. Um, in the mic, in the mic. There you go. Um, <laughs> 30. 30. Why 30? Because I'm 30. Ooh, you're and 30. I am 30. Let's, let's, let's this adult question for children. If you woke up tomorrow and by magic were already grown up and had kids of your own, how would you treat them differently from the way your parents treated you? No, I would I would actually do everything exactly the everything same. Everything exactly aside, the same. Aside from telling them that they can always do a little better. No, actually I would still do that. So nothing different? Nothing different. Nothing My parents different. did a perfect job. You know, I hate you right now, right? Do you have supportive no, parents? No, we never had we never had curfews. We never messed anything up. You know you should be like dead from heroin because of supportive no, no, parents. No, I, I genuinely think that that is why I'm not dead from heroin. Is because... Are you a fan of heroin, Svetlana? No. Moderate fan? No. Against heroin? <laughs> I am pretty against heroin. Oh, so apparently you hate art. So this is why I gave you this awful, awful book, Twilight. Oh, the number horrible. one New York Times bestseller by Stephanie I, Meyer. I do see all the movies. The weekend they open. Well, the you can watch the movie then. with this brand new copy but of I Twilight. I don't believe in religion, which is why I never bought yeah, the book. Yeah, I know that you're a giant Mormon from Yugoslavia, so I decided to give you Twilight. Totally. totally so uh, enjoy that and re-give that to somebody else. Maybe I'll just like tear the the cover off and frame it. You in can my frame apartment. the cover. Make it some art. Thank yeah. you for doing no, this. Thank you, uh, okay. Svetlana. Brightestyoungthings.com. Correct. Yes. Correct. Or go to their blog spot from years and years ago. Everybody, please put your hands together. Svetlana Lakitsch. Ian, that was very, very good. I had to end that interview because I feel like Svetlana and I could have talked for the next five hours. You were... 
Did I say Stephanie Myers or Svetlana? I don't know. I'm into Stephanie Myers, everybody, because I uh, I love the ideas of vampires and religion. Speaking of vampires and religion, coming to the stage is a very, very funny stand-up comedian who hasn't been doing shots of whiskey, and that's not a joke. Please put your hands together for Emily Raskowski, everybody. Emily Raskowski. I can hear me. Can you hear me? Can those people who aren't listening hear me? No. Terrific. <laughs> How are you guys? Give it up for Brandon and Svetlana. <laughs> Yay. I, um, I've been doing comedy for about a year. And there are like four female comics in D.C. So it's like a sausage fest and a half. And... I feel like because of that, the male comics spend so much time with other dudes that they're really weird when they talk to women. And uh, I think this is true because I have repeated conversations with them. And I had a conversation with one recently who like started a conversation out of nowhere about relationships. And he said, I think, I think women should approach men more. I don't think men should have to approach women more. And more specifically, women should approach me more because I don't feel like approaching them. And I've known him for a while, and I don't get the sense that he's romantically interested in me. So it's not like it was a hint, but rather that he was tasking me with like disseminating that information among other women. Like, make sure the ladies at book club know that if they want a piece, they better pounce. I was going to say Zumba class instead of book club, but I had a hunch you might not believe me. I wouldn't believe me. I I had another kind of weird, we'll just keep rolling with the weird comic experiences, um, with another comic friend a while ago who decided to tell me he wanted to get a little friendlier And he said it in the classiest way that anyone could ever say anything, ever. Um, We were in my car, and I was driving. So literally, our lives were in my hands. And he says, and I swear to God, I'm not clever enough to make this up. I've masturbated thinking about you. And I said, "Oh, oh my God, no. I should probably be watching the road right now. Because if we crash, this is the last conversation I'll ever have. Ever. Oh, my God. And uh, it was really bizarre because our friendship had never been like that. And uh, it was like he was like, oh, my God, all of a sudden, like, light bulb. Emily has a vagina. There's a vagina in the car right now. That is so convenient. How did I not think of this? And the whole experience just made me think, like, oh, my God, who teaches men how to talk to women? And I think I figured it out. I think Akon teaches men how to talk to women. He has this song, and in the chorus he sings, I'm trying to find the words to describe this girl without being disrespectful. And what he settles on is damn you's a sexy bitch I'm no lyricist but what were the other options can you imagine this brainstorming session like alright I gotta figure out a way to tell this fine woman how fine she is but I still gotta be respectful okay here we go take one hey there slut face you the baddest, nastiest little sex puppet up in this piece. I bet you sure know how to take a dick. It sounds weird coming from me, doesn't it? <laughs> no, that's, that's respectful, but I don't know that it's quite respectful enough. <laughs> Let's try it again. Take two. Excuse me, miss. You're so beautiful and intelligent-seeming that rather than bang you out in the men's room right now, I'm going to get your phone number and maybe take you out once or twice before banging you out at a later date, perhaps in a less public location. Well, that's... That's too respectful. 
If only there were some sort of middle ground. Ah, I've got it. Damn, you's a sexy bitch. That's perfect. I, um, so thank you for the applause break for the Akon joke. I'll take it. Thank you. I, um, so I've been, as I said, I've been doing comedy about a year, and I have a joke pet peeve. I, like, really hate it when guys tell jokes about fat chicks, because they're always so, like, frat guy-ish. Like, so this fat chick was like, what's up? And I was like, no thanks, fat chick. Right, guys? High five. Like, no fat chicks. It's on my t-shirt. There, I did a show, and I have a theory about those t-shirts, by the way. I think they're only manufactured in size triple XL. Because the only people you ever see wearing them are giant fat guys. I'm always like, oh, that is a shame. My heart breaks in my chest at seeing that. I, uh, I did a show a while ago that my parents came to from Boston. And uh, this, there were like eight guys on the show. And nobody does a fat chick joke. Except the guy who goes right before me. Who is literally like 500 pounds. And it wasn't even a good joke. Like he gets up, he's like, hmm, fat chicks, pretty desperate, never get married, eat a lot of chocolate, own cats. And that was the whole, like that was the whole joke. And uh, I asked my parents after, I was like, what did you think of the show? And my dad was like, man, you were all right. There were a few that were better than you. You know who I didn't like? I didn't like that fat guy one bit. So you think he is telling fat chick jokes? The guy looks like he eats deep-fried fat chick for lunch. He sure does. And I think, like, from all these jokes, I feel like I don't... I'm starting to realize I don't have a problem with, like, fat chick jokes, per se. I think I just don't like dummies. Like, because the jokes are always really dumb. Like, there's a few guys who do, like, tat, and their whole, like, punchline on their joke is fat bitch. Like, that's the whole punchline. That's not even a complete sentence. Like, I feel like if you're going to do comedy, you have to come up with a punchline that a middle school boy couldn't come up with. And I'm not, but I'm not knocking middle school boys, because there are a few things that they do that are always funny forever. One is repeating what someone says back to them in a stupid voice. (laughs) Is always funny. Example. Maybe you should do your homework. (laughs) Maybe you should do your homework. (laughs) That's funny. Another one that is always funny is the response, nice face, to someone saying nice something. Example, nice parking job. Yeah, nice face (laughs) is always appropriate to use as an adult, which maybe is the reason I don't like the fat bitch jokes because I can't be like, oh, yeah, fat bitch, fat face. (laughs) No. I feel like if someone told like a really clever fat chick joke, I'd be like, you know what? I am terribly offended, but it was an honor to watch you perform tonight. And you are a scholar and a gentleman, and I enjoyed you very much. But I never hear them. They're always like really stupid. And uh, this guy told one one time, the like super cliche fat chick blowjob joke, which are so dumb, and uh, there's like 400 versions of the same stupid joke. So his version was this. He started the joke by equating something with getting a blowjob from a fat chick. And he said, well, you don't want your friends to find out, but they're going to find out anyway. And I just thought, like, how are they going to find out? Do they subscribe to our weekly fat chick newsletter? (laughs) Like, you can relax. The committee's not going to come to your house. We know what you've done. And you must now bear the scarlet letter of the chubby chasers forever. He ended the joke by saying, well, you get the blowjob anyway because fat chicks are really good at blowjobs, which is true <laughs> pretty much universally. They pull us aside in high school and make us take a class on giving head. They yank us out of gym class for it because really, like, it's not like we were getting a whole lot out of that anyway. Might as well learn a useful life skill in high school. Anytime I tell that joke, there's always, like, four guys waiting for me after the show, like, what's up? I really like your comedy. No. No, you really like blowjobs. Thank you guys very much. Enjoy the rest of your night. Emily, please have a seat. You need this microphone. 
You need the microphone, Emily. Down prematurely. Thank you. That was very good. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you for laughing. Um, I have a few questions for you. Okay. Um, number one, I've never heard that vaginas are convenient. They are. You How are they convenient? So. Well, if they're right there and there's no commute and you didn't think about it and you were like, man, it is raining out and I'd like some vagina, but I don't want to walk across the street for it. There's one in the car. I think of that Hello. like a late night burrito. I think of those questions. Not ever. Yeah, it's just like that. You can get it at the Taco Bell drive-thru. Vagina. It's on the dollar menu at Taco Bell. Do you think it's safe to go home with a dollar menu vagina? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> um, have you ever asked your dad how fat chicks taste? That's horrible. That's no. part of your punchline. <laughs> I'm referencing. No, no, I'm no. doing callbacks, no. ma'am. These are called callback call questions. I know what a callback is. Well, listen, you you're a, you're a new person to comedy. Okay, uh, you uh, you made a d- joke. Okay, you referenced your father. He said he doesn't know, or he that man doesn't know what a fat chis- chick. No, take. no, no. That man looks like he eats deep fried fat chick for lunch. Which means your dad knows what deep fried fat chick tastes like. No, or my dad knows what the resulting figure is of someone who would eat deep-fried fat chicks for lunch. My dad has witnessed a lot of people who eat that diet regularly. How do they look? Not good. Not good? Not good. Like that guy in the fat chick t-shirt from the show. Are you offended by my questions, Emily? Yes. Why? No, I'm not. Oh, it's okay. (laughs) Um, I'm really not. You're actually going to school for not comedy. Yes. What are you going to school for? I did drop out of comedy school. (laughs) Uh, Would you ever take a stand-up class, by the way? No. Yeah, that's insane! No. There are, the podcast listener probably knows about it, but the people in the bar probably don't. There are now comedy, stand-up comedy classes. That doesn't make any sense. The whole idea of stand-up comedy is to not take a class and to just fail right. and fail until you're good. You're good. Thanks for doing yes, this. <laughs> um, Emily, we're going to end this. Oh, what are you going to school for? Uh, social work. Social work. Why? Thank you, thank you. Why? Are you going for material? What, because what you... I never want to make any money, ever. <laughs> yeah, welcome to D.C., everybody. Uh, we're going to end this interview like we end every interview. And I remember the book from a question okay. from the Kids' Book of Questions, Gregory Stock, Ph.D. Emily, I need you to pick a number between 1 and 260. 258. Why 258? I don't know. I, I feel like a... I bet no one ever picks it. You know I what I like liked about you? Number. I asked the question. You give me an answer right away. It's a number. It doesn't matter. And I thank you for that. I'm, I'm nothing if not completely sincere all the time. If drinking a magic potion would make you never feel, would never again feel sad, no matter what happened, would you drink it? I would not drink it. Isn't that I, just alcohol? I think it is. This is and the I've, I've whole idea of alcohol. Comics. Why am I drinking? Because I'm sad. Why do I do this talk show? Because I'm sad. Why do I do the talk show in a bar? Because I get free alcohol. It's a cycle. It's a vicious, it's a vicious, vicious cycle. cycle, and I'm concerned for you now. You should be concerned for me, I and I thank the Looking Glass Lounge for killing me very slowly. <laughs> should we have some plug some stuff? Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing a show in Providence, Rhode Island on the 26th of December. Providence, Rhode Island, uh, day yeah, after the Christmas. Comedy connection. At the Comedy Connection. At Providence, Is it with two Rhode K's Island. or two C's? Uh, three K's, actually. Good. See <laughs> you. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> that was a terrible joke. It was a terrible joke. To see more terrible jokes like that, go yes. to the Comedy Connection with three Ks, everybody. Yes. Emily Raskowski, please Thank put you. your hands together for Emily Raskowski. Thank Thank you, Ian. That was fucking beautiful, and I've sullied it with my vulgar, vulgar language. Sitting with me is Aaron Thompson. Um, I saw Aaron Thompson the first week I lived in D.C. That night I asked him to do the show before I had a venue. He said yes. He was drinking. Thanks for doing the show, Aaron. I'm still drinking, and uh, still drinking. I'm still really psyched to do the show, so thanks for having Are me. Are you psyched to do the show because you're drinking? No, but it really helps. It does yeah. really help. Uh, the reason why I have you come up um, and just sit and not introduce you is because uh, bands usually don't know how to talk to people. And that's proven that's by true. your drummer just giving you a shot of whiskey <laughs> right now. 
Aaron, why do you play music? You're a good-looking guy. You don't seem to have any problem talking to people. What's the deal? Well, because then I don't have to talk to people. I can just sing to people, and uh, it's a little easier that way. It's easier to just sing to people. I guess. That doesn't make any sense, Aaron. Do you see why I don't usually interview the the bands for very long? I'm beginning to see, yeah. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Why do you play music? I think I have to, you know. You have um, to? Really? Yeah. It's Why? Like, um, I guess, you know. No, I, I don't if, guess I know. I, really? you got to start every answer with verbal fillers. I guess you know. How old are you, Aaron? Um, did you go to school? I, I did for a brief Why are spell. you holding the mic like Eminem? Well, because I'm getting ready to... You want it to sound muffled, don't you? You hate you hate your fans that want to listen to this. I think it looks better this it way, looks, you know? Oh, it looks so much better like it's that. It's going to look much better for the podcast. It looks better for the audio podcast that we're doing. No, no, but I, I th- you asked um, about Why music. Why you play music? I think I, I, if I don't, for a while, I start to feel really uh, feel really weird. I, I think it's it's my way of kind of getting down what what I think about the world. And, and what do you think about the world? Oh, well, that's the thing. I'm about to play it for you. Ooh, so, I like uh, that plug. What made you start playing guitar and singing songs? I was in a really shitty um, punk band in high school. Who wasn't in a shitty and, punk band in high school? Yeah, I know. I guess everyone, yeah. You grew up ma- in America. Yeah. Yes? No? Uh, Maryland, more specifically. How but, was Maryland? You know, it, uh, it wasn't... I'd, I'd moved there from Florida in 10th grade. How was Florida? <laughs> Florida Do you have a weird country, drug man. habit from like some weird homemade drug that only Floridians know about? No, because I wasn't really old enough to to get into that kind. Did of you thing. like the music of ICP? <laughs> I'm having it's fun, Aaron. Posse. I remember listening to that stuff on the in the back seat of the bus with with this friend of mine named Gary who would. Are you would still tell friends jokes. with Gary? I haven't talked to Gary in about fifteen Is years. Is Gary a white supremacist? I don't know what he's doing now. Well, you want to bet that Gary's overweight right now. Let's look up his Facebook page. He was a little back in the day, but... A little overweight? I'm going to go. He's pushing 270 right now. Gary, what's Gary's last name and social security number? I will tell you after the interview. No, now. No. Uh, See, why are you... Aaron, That's not going to happen. <laughs> um, I don't think pretty people make good music. You're pretty. How do you make good music? What's the deal? Did but, you get surgery? Would you get surgery? Why um, are you pretty? You have great pretty cheekbones. Pretty is very, very uh, subjective. No, it's not word. subjective. It's not. It's objective. I'm objectifying you. I spent a few hours dressing up before I came here to look good for you. So I like that um, you probably I'm, I'm did spend out, a few you know? hours. I'm you really glad I'm pulling this off. You probably did spend a few hours. Yeah. Uh, you made a joke. Ooh, I like your socks. Where'd you get your socks? Thanks, man. Yeah, actually, I used to work for the National Park Service. You used to work for the National Park Service? No what? kidding. This was two years ago. I was, I was a weed whacker at Antietam Battlefield. And they gave us a stipend. They gave us $170 a year for clothes. Oh, so I, I didn't. I got like on the side and they had all this the Salvation Army. Yeah, it was great. So they had all this random stuff that I, I didn't really want. So I, you know, and these really great socks. So I got like 15 pairs of these socks. So you're set up for socks for a long I'm time. Good for socks. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, does yeah. that I help out the music? Before socks, knowing it's, where you're going to get your does. socks from, does that help your songwriting? I think it allows me to go much longer without doing laundry, so it gives me more time to sit on the couch and... and Will you wear used socks? (laughs) Oh, man. That's a question. It's a simple answer. Yes or no? I don't don't know. How do you not know? How does everyone in bands not know if they'll wear dirty socks? Yes or no? Define dirty. Have you worn them once, then not wash them and wear them again? That's dirty. Uh, Once for how long? Minimum an hour. (laughs) Okay. All right then. Yeah, maybe I do wear rewear socks every. You time. dirty fuck. Yeah, that's why I play music. That's right, you play music. Uh, we're gonna close this interview with a question from the Kids Book of Questions, or else he's gonna quit and not play the show. So, Aaron, I need you to pick a number between one and two hundred and sixty. Don't ponder. Pick a fucking number. One hundred and sixty-seven. I like that. I like that. Thank you. I had it planned out before I came Did here. You, why? Why one sixty-seven? I'm just kidding. It's my favorite number. <laughs> It's my lucky number. It's, all, it's not funny if you're the only one laughing. Well, sir. there's a lot of people here, and, and the microphone's only towards me. What? 167. If a rich kid wanted to buy your parents, how much would you ask for them? Assuming you were willing to sell. 
Would you trade? Was willing to Wait. Would you trade parents with any of your friends? Would I trade parents with any of my friends or any it's of my friends? It's a two-part question. Aaron. Oh, oh, that's the second part. Listen. <laughs> part, I'm trying. Part one. Would you sell your parents? If so, how much? Part B. Would you trade for any other parents? In the mic, sir. (laughs) We're not in counseling. Use the goddamn microphone. The friends has nothing to do with the parents? I know. It's so fucking dumb. Yeah, that's kind of a weird question. Number... That's kind of like I told you it's an awful... It is two questions. It's an awful fucking book. Hey, man. uh, You know... If you keep this up, no band from here on out will get to answer a question. Part (laughs) one. Will you sell your parents? Yes or no? Um, Well. Yes or no? Well, the question was assuming you would. I wouldn't. I would not sell my parents. The answer is no. You won't sell your parents. Part two. Oh, okay. Would you trade your parents for any of your friends' parents? Oh, no. Absolutely not. Do you have supportive parents? I do. And you play yeah, music. I very much do. What's the yeah. deal? Why do you play music? Aren't you a banker? You know, I was... Why aren't I, you doing blow off of people that don't care about you? I That's actually, what successful people do. I went to school for architecture, much like what? Svetlana, and I, I worked... And I didn't know this until tonight that, that so she So we got this. two architects and a graduate student. Well, yeah, I didn't quite, I don't like I didn't quite make the it the whole way to being an architect. Listen, I'm not the real artist, <laughs> but apparently tonight I am. Emily, will you come back up here really quick? Um, I forgot to give this to Emily. I got you Robin Cook's Critical, a novel. So this is a book for you to never read. There you go. Go away. Go away. And uh, Aaron, I got this awful notebook for you. Um, you can write your lyrics about your very supportive parents in it. Yes. Uh, thank you. That's what the next album is going to be about. It's going to be very successful, and I'll hate it. Yeah. Thanks as for doing this, it buddy. gets a response. All right. We're not done. Aaron's going to play this, uh, play a set. Give us some time when we sit up. Ian's going to take it away. Ian Walters, everybody. Ian Walters. Please clap for Aaron Thompson, everybody. everybody ladies and gentlemen Aaron Thompson everybody Aaron Thompson
I'm going to chime in really quick uh, to the home listener. I asked Aaron, I asked the drummer, is this the, is this the volume you're going to play with when we're doing a sound check? They're like, yeah, yeah, we're just going to play with brushes. First song in, dude pulls out giant mallets and starts banging on the floor, Tom. Thanks a lot, buddy. I appreciate that help. Thank you so much. But it was very good. I'm not complaining. I'm just pointing that out. That maybe the next talk show you play, you tell the guy mixing, hey, I'm gonna pull out giant mallets and hit shit really hard. You might want to cool it on the highs on there. The man likes to play hard. Yeah, I noticed. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this one's called Sad Mona Lisa, and uh, I just put out a record about three months ago, and uh, this is on it. Sad Mona Lisa Left in the street to Feed on the passions of men With the devil in her eyes And God in her smile Innocence in the myth of a sin Sad Mona Lisa I know she don't mean and she pulls us apart like vine She works through the night In a town painted white In the morning she leaves with the tide And when she cried There was a hood Beats the walls in vain Only to return Tomorrow The 
they all chased her down bourbon to St. Peter and they caught her a dolphin in air and they dragged her down the main past the voodoo mission and left her for dead at the station well I am the attendant and I saw her in the distance and I helped her to my place by the theater She drank all my wine And smoked holes in my sheets She cried and I took her to bed And when she closed her eyes Never know my name because our faces are all the same, and I will return
All right, so for the home listener, that's all you get. That's all you get of Aaron Thompson. He's going to keep playing at the looking glass right now. If you're in the room, you obviously understand that idea. But at the home listener, the teenager in Pennsylvania that's listening to this, too fucking bad. Get older, drive here, then you get to see Aaron Thompson. (laughs) Thanks for listening and have a wonderful evening. Now, it's all you. Follow us on Twitter at YMTE. Friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash YouMeThemEverybody. And for details on Monday and Tuesday nights at The Hungry Brain, go to YouMeThemEverybody.com.